Welcome to Advance, a podcast devoted to helping strengthen churches for gospel movement. I'm your host, Brian Moak, Vice President of Church Strengthening with Converge Mid-America. Today marks the beginning of Season 2 of Advance, and I'm so excited to launch what I hope to be an encouraging series of episodes in the coming months that will help spur your church on to greater health. We're going to cover topics that will include discipleship pathway, evangelism, leadership development, and effective small group ministry, just to name a few. And as always, each episode includes a guest that will share from their experience on these important topics. Today, as we start this new season, I want to get us thinking again about church health by sharing the marks of a healthy church. How do we know if our church is getting healthier? Or more specifically, how do we measure our church's health? You know, it's not always easy, but I think a good place to always begin is going to Scripture. What does Scripture have to say about church health? We know that in Acts chapter 2, the church is born. Uh, The day of Pentecost comes, the Holy Spirit comes in power, uh, all all these amazing things are taking place, fire on people's heads, uh, different languages are being spoken, and the people who witnessed all of this said the very thing they should have said is, you people must be drunk. <laughs> Peter gets up and he speaks to the crowd and, and and he says, you know, these people aren't drunk. As a matter of fact, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. Uh, they're not drunk. This is something different that takes place. And then Peter begins to preach uh, this gospel message to this predominantly Jewish crowd. And in verse 36, he says this, therefore, let all Israel be assured of this, God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. And what should have happened after he said that is he should have been arrested at the very least and maybe killed for such a blasphemous statement as that. But instead, the Holy Spirit was at work. And it said, when the people heard this, verse 37, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. It says in verse 40 that with many other words he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And here's what happens in verse 41. Listen to this. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. And so the question you ask, obviously, in verse 41 is what happened to this early church uh, as this message was preached? 3,000 people were added to that to their number that day. Well, clearly, the church grew in that moment. It grew a lot in that moment. And then in verses 42 and following, it says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And it says that everyone was filled with awe at the many, many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And it goes on to say that the believers were together and they shared everything they had in common and they praised God and they enjoyed the favor of all the people. And the question you have to ask in verses 42 to 47 is what was happening to this early church? 
Well, it's the same thing as happened in verse 41. The church was growing. And then the last part of verses 47, after all of this growth had taken place, said that the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And again, uh, you get the idea is what was happening to the church in verse 47? Well, it was growing. And so we can see in this picture in the book of Acts that church health, real maturing church health was growing wide as many people were coming to know Jesus as Savior. And it was growing deep as they were growing in their understanding of what it meant to be a follower of Christ. And then in verse 47, as that deep and wide stuff was going on, they grew wide again as the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So the first thing we need to understand as we think about the marks of a healthy church is that good evangelism has to be followed by good edification if it's going to lead to good evangelism. In other words, you can't just have good evangelism, teach people uh, how to follow Christ, and then keep teaching them how to follow Christ and keep teaching them how to follow Christ without getting to the other part, which is you need to go multiply yourself. And evangelism needs to be uh, a part of your growing as a follower of Jesus. So again, good evangelism must be followed by good edification if it's going to lead to good uh, good evangelism. So there's two kinds of church growth that we see in this passage of Scripture and, and two kinds of growth that, that can mark a healthy church. And the first is quantitative growth. And quantitative growth is measured by looking at key numerical ratios that guide any church, no matter the size, no matter the location, uh, towards organic and organizational health. And, And really simply, that means that you can measure things. You can measure quantitatively certain things. And sometimes we get scared away uh, by the numbers thing. We don't want to talk about numbers because numbers aren't biblical. Well, we can see in the book of Acts that numbers were clearly biblical and uh, they celebrated how God was growing numerically their church. But there's another kind of growth. It's a qualitative growth. It's a different kind of way to measure church health. And that's measured through the attitudes and the feelings and the perspectives towards people, programs, and the progress of the church. In other words, it's a lot of the stuff that was happening in verses 42 to 47 uh, of the passage in the book of Acts chapter 2. And, uh, and, and that's harder to measure. It's, it's so much easier to just measure the numbers. Uh, but how are people really growing in their understanding of who Jesus is? How are the things that we're offering as a church helping our people uh, to grow in their love for Jesus and their growth in multiplying themselves in other people? What I'm going to share right now is not mine. It's it's actually taken from uh, an assessment tool that we use in Converge Mid-America called Natural Church Development. Natural Church Development was a study that was done in the 90s uh, of a thousand churches in 32 countries and five continents. And they discovered that there are certain growth principles that are true regardless of culture and theological persuasion. Uh, as a matter of fact, there are eight different Uh, quality characteristics of any healthy, growing church. 
NCD has been around since the 90s, as I said, and, and to date, uh, there have been over 70,000 churches who have taken this assessment in 70 countries around the world. Uh, and again, several of our churches have used it, and it is a wonderful tool to be able to assess these qualitative marks uh, of a healthy, growing church. And the eight different quality characteristics are as follows. The first is called empowering leadership. And empowering leadership is a way to define how you are, in fact, equipping, supporting, motivating, mentoring, and coaching individuals to come all that God wants them to be. You know, it's not just simply having leadership in your church, but are you helping to empower your people uh, to be all that God wants them to be? Second is gift-based ministry. The role of church leadership, as we talked about before, is to help its members identify their gifts and integrate them into ministries that match their gifts. Interestingly, so many people are operating, doing stuff in the church because they're supposed to do it, not because they're gifted at it. Ministry is happening all over, but is it in fact gift-based? Are we helping our people grow in their understanding of how God has wired them and gifted them? Third is passionate spirituality. The important issue here is not the way spirituality is expressed, but the fact that faith is actually lived out with commitment, fire, and enthusiasm. Those of us who are excited about what it means to follow Jesus should be passionate in that. It should, it should sort of bleed out of us. And passionate spirituality is a way to see, are your people living out that uh, enthusiasm and commitment in their relationship with Christ? The next is effective structures, and every church needs to have structures, but are your structures helping to accomplish the intended purpose of your church? Are you just doing stuff because you've always done it? Are you structuring your church because you've always structured it that way? Or are there reasons that you structure your church the way that you do? Is it helping you accomplish the specific mission and vision that God has given to your church? The fifth is inspiring worship. Inspiring worship is, is uh, that ability to not be driven by a particular style of ministry, but rather this shared experience of God's awesome presence. doesn't matter if you're using hymns or uh, contemporary music with a band or are your hands raised or are they not and, and all those sorts of things, but is it helping us think more of God in worship? Are, are we more passionate for his presence, his awesome presence? And is it changing the way that we are living each day? Not simply just in a corporate way, but also in our individual worship as well. The sixth is holistic small groups. Holistic small groups are disciple-making communities which endeavor to reach the unchurched, meet individual needs, develop each person according to their God-given gifts, and raise leaders to sustain the growth of the church. Our churches need to have small groups, uh, but they can't simply be just gatherings of people coming together and doing the same stuff we always do. Uh, but small groups are ways that we can identify and encourage each other in real uh, uh, intimate sorts of ways with each other. That can't happen simply on a Sunday morning. So are we having small groups that are helping hold each other accountable to being all that God has called us to be? Seventh is need-oriented evangelism. Growing churches are not just pushy or manipulative in the way that they share the gospel, 
but rather their secret is to share the gospel in a way that meets the questions and needs of all those who need to come to Christ. And so are, are, we, are we thinking through those issues of evangelism, not just simply saying this is the way that we've always done it again, this is how you do it, but how do we love people into the kingdom? need-oriented evangelism. And last but not least is loving relationships. Healthy, growing, maturing bodies of Christ demonstrate love for each other, which builds authentic Christian community and brings others into God's kingdom. It's coming alongside each other, embracing each other in Christ's love in such a way that says, this is my church family. And so these eight quality characteristics, these eight things that that I just shared here, notice the adjective that sets off each of these quality characteristics. They are critical for a church to experience all that God has called the church to be. As you think about it, as you're listening to these different quality characteristics in this podcast, are what are the things that you're doing really well as a church of these eight characteristics? And what are the quality characteristics of these eight that you're not doing so well in? Well, what NCD does and what we encourage our churches to do is to take an assessment that will actually discover which are the the maximum factors uh, in your church, the things that you are rocking out, if you will, in your church, and what's that minimum factor in your church? What's the thing that's keeping you from discovering all of that growth that God wants to do uh, in your church just naturally? If, if you think of these eight quality characteristics even as slats in an oak barrel, uh, the, the slats are these eight quality characteristics, these vertical slats, if you can picture it. And then the water inside of that oak barrel are your people. And the reality is whatever that minimum quality characteristic is, that's the thing that's keeping more water from being added into the oak barrel. And until you work on bringing that one up, it's going to be hard uh, to see that growth take place. And so natural church development allows you the opportunity to assess that minimum factor and then put a team together that's going to help you work through goals and and strategies uh, to increase that particular quality characteristic. Now, any assessment is only as good as how you work it through. And so we just want to encourage you as you're listening to this podcast assess what's going on in your church, whether you use natural church development or another tool. The problem in so many churches, we are crumbling by assumptions. Uh, In other words, we're putting our hands over our eyes and we're saying, as long as we don't see the problems in our church, they're not going to be real. Brothers and sisters, we need to take an honest assessment of what is really going on in our church. Assessment is not unbiblical. Assessment is a way for us to get a grip on what are the barriers that are keeping us from being all that God wants us to be. We plant, we water, as scripture says, God gives the increase. So I just want to encourage you today as you listen to this. Are you doing that sort of assessment? Are you using a tool like natural church development or something like it to help evaluate what's going on in your church? 
I promise you, you can't do it on your own. I promise you can't just guess your way out of whatever's happening in your church. But God wants to use tools like this and other tools to help you be all that he has called you to be. Can I pray with you right now? Uh, God, your church is your bride, Jesus, and we want to be a good bride to you. And so, Lord, I just pray uh, that that we would get back to that Acts chapter 2 sort of church experience, that, that we would be growing wide with more people coming to know Jesus in our churches, and we would grow deep, that we, that we would build each other up in the faith so that we can see increased multiplication in our churches of people following Jesus. God, would you make our baptismal fonts uh, full frequently because people who are following you in baptism would would you find all sorts of opportunities for new christian growth in our churches because so many people are coming to know jesus Uh, god move in our churches for your glory and for our best we pray all this in jesus name amen well hey thanks so much for joining us I'm so grateful for each one of you who listen to the podcast, and I trust these episodes will continue to help you strengthen your church for increased gospel movement. This season, I want to hear from you. How are you seeing increased gospel health in your church? I'd love to include those encouragements in future episodes, so feel free to share those stories with me at brian at convergementamerica.org or go to our Facebook page, our advanced Facebook page, and share the story on that Facebook page. But we'd love to hear from you. And finally, we, we want to get your great reviews on the platform you listen to. So please share Advance with your friends. And, and last but not least, don't forget to check out our website at advancethechurch.org. Advanced Podcast is a ministry of Convergement America. Our mission is to start and strengthen churches that exalt the name of Jesus Christ together. If you'd like to learn more about Convergement America, visit our website, convergementamerica.org.